Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store for you. It's February, and that means it's Couples Month here at That Sounds Fun podcast. And that just means we have pairs of guests instead of individuals. By the way, I'm absolutely amazed and grateful and overwhelmed and ecstatic that so many of you have gotten your copy of That Sounds Fun, the book. It means the world to me to hear what you're learning about yourself and how much you've enjoyed the book. If you haven't been able to grab a copy yet, don't worry. There's still plenty of them everywhere. You can purchase That Sounds Fun on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, at Target, everywhere you love to buy books. And if you finished it, leave a review. That helps so, so much. So today's couple on the show are Jordan and Jessica Rice. You may remember Jordan was on our episode, TSF with Mike Kelsey, What Do We Do Now?, back in the spring of 2020. And as soon as that episode was finished, Mike Kelsey called and said, Annie, do you know Jordan and his wife Jessica's story? And I was like, no, I'd love to. And he said, you've got to have them on the podcast. The more I learned about them, the more I really, really enjoyed them. Jordan and Jessica have been married for a couple of years. They are the parents to Jameson and Josiah, and they live in New York City. They are church planters, and they launched Renaissance Church in September of 2014. Jessica is a communications consultant and a blogger. She and Jordan together planted Renaissance Shirts. It's a vibrant, multi-ethnic community in Harlem. And Jessica has a master's degree in corporate communications from Georgetown and has consulted with various large nonprofits and ministry organizations. She currently works as the communications director at Renaissance. And Jordan is the lead pastor at Renaissance. And their story of how they met and their story of loss, they actually were both widowed before they met each other. Both lost their first spouse in their 20s. It is an unbelievable story. And they told us all of it. And I am so grateful. I think you're really going to enjoy this. Um, it is a really unique conversation, a unique story, and so much to learn from Jordan and Jessica Rice. Guys, thanks for being back on That Sounds Fun as repeat guests. Yes. So exciting. Glad to be back. Y'all are just like Jamar Tisby a couple of weeks ago where I was like, you've been on the show before, but not with me. <laughs> I know. It's like a whole different experience. I bet. Because last time y'all were with Mike Kelsey and y'all all sat down in a room together, right? With a group of your friends. Well, that's some of our friends, but then Jordan was on the episode with that's another right. friend, Lauren. Sorry, that's so right. It's okay. It's like a whole overlap because yeah. we're friends with all of those people too. Um, and so, so Jessica is a that sounds fun newbie. I'm a I'm a veteran. You're the vet expert. Yes, <laughs> Jordan. I love that Lauren Allgood and her family. Oh, nice. Yeah, Mike raves about it. It sounds like it's like a. Yeah, I mean, she has a great story, too. It's like, yeah. a, it was a really fun podcast. Yeah, thank you for doing it. Okay, so as soon as that podcast aired, and as soon as Mike told me who y'all were, he was like, you know you've got to have Jordan and Jessica on. And I was like, okay, we're saving them for next February, so here we are. So will y'all just kind of give... I'm, I'm going to do some deep dive questions once we get started, but I'm sure y'all have done this a hundred times. So can you just do like an, a little bit of an overview of your love story? Yeah, sure. Jordan, do you want to take a stab at it or should um, I? <laughs> I'll take that back. You were telling me to go first so you can correct me. <laughs> Jessica's unofficial favorite thing to do is to be my well actually police. I'll start telling the story and just say, well actually, well, actually, it didn't go, it didn't go like that. Uh so I actually heard about 
a woman named Jessica Moreland Jackson uh, in 2009. I was with a group of friends and we were doing this thing called like Christian Couples Challenge Weekend. My friend rented a bouncy castle and a bunch of crazy stuff. We had like a, a weekend together and um, he ran in with his computer saying, hey, we have to pray for this woman because her husband just died in a motorcycle accident. Oh. And we ended up praying for her definitely. And I was with my fiance at the time, Danielle. And I remember talking to her saying like, yo, I don't know how this woman doesn't have like a needle in her arm tonight. I don't know how she's not, I mean, just completely beside herself. I would go crazy if something like that were to happen to me. And we prayed for Jess and, you know, didn't really think anything of it. And then uh, about, I got married to Danielle and then about 10 months later, uh, Danielle got pretty sick with a very rare form of cancer called primary cardiac angiosarcoma. And she battled it extremely bravely for about 10 months. And she passed away uh, after about, we were married about a little less than two years. So Jessica had been married to Jerron for how long, Jess? Two and a half Only months. about two and a half months. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yep. Wow. Yep. So, and so then yeah, Jordan is... Uh, obviously reeling. This is 2011 when Danielle passes away. And at that time, a couple of mutual friends that we had, because we both had connections to having gone to college in the Maryland, Baltimore, DC area. Um, a couple of friends of mine had actually sent Jordan links to my blog that I had yeah. started after my late husband, Jerron, passed away, which was really just a place where I kind of tried to get all of the thoughts swirling around in my head, out of my head and written down somewhere and processing. And it was a very honest account of what I was going through. It was not intended to inspire. It was truly meant to uh, just process. Uh, but a lot of people did find it helpful, just the rawness of that emotion. And so a couple of people had sent that to Jordan, but at the time in his grief, he had never really checked it out. And yeah. so fast forward a little over a year and Jordan is preaching at a church in Manhattan. I'm living in Washington, D.C. This is now 2012. He has lunch with a couple, uh, one of the couples that was actually on with Mike with your show, Musa and Christina. Yes. Uh, so he's having lunch with Musa and Christina and he's never met Christina before. I know Musa and Christina, but he's never met Christina before. And he asked her what she does. She says, oh, I work in PR and communications and I'd love to do my own consulting thing, you know, like Jessica. And so Jordan's like, that's nice, but who is Jessica? <laughs> and why should I know who she is? <laughs> I'm like, is this Madonna? Is this one name? Yeah. Is this Jessica? <laughs> And so both of them say, well, you must know, Jessica, you guys know a lot of the same people and you have these really similar life stories where you were married in your 20s and lost your spouses. And uh, Jordan's kind of saying, huh, this sounds kind of familiar. So Jordan goes home, he gets on Facebook, he finds links to my blog that have been sent to him that he'd yeah. never looked at. It should be noted also, like the people who sent me the blog they were definitely not trying to connect us at all. Right. They weren't like, it, it was, I mean, it was, I think she might've sent me the link to her blog maybe like two days after my late wife passed away, just because I think the raw nature of Jessica's blog was something that she felt could match, I guess, my emotional reality. Sure. 
But I really did tuck it aside and not pay attention to it for like a good year. And then I went home that day, combed through like hundreds of Facebook messages. One of the, I guess, interesting things about losing a spouse in your 20s is it's so rare that like you get a really overwhelming, and I, I think overwhelming in the best sense of the word, people reach out to you and just it's overwhelming how many people reach out. So I had like hundreds of messages that I just didn't read and combing through them. I'm like, what was her name again? Jennifer, uh, Janice, like what was her name? No, I didn't, I, I knew her name. So then I uh, read her blog. I went home and read her blog and people said like, oh, what entry? I said, no, I read her like entire wow. from beginning, from I guess the most recent to the to the first one. And then I shot a shot, Annie. Uh, My man. No, nah, I didn't shoot. You got, you got to shoot shots in, these, right. in these streets. <laughs> That's right. I literally said to someone the other day, I was like, it's hard out in these streets right now, y'all. It's hard <laughs> in these streets. These That's single right. people streets, it's hard right now. Shooters, shooters shoot. <laughs> now, so actually, I first when I first reached out to her, I wasn't actually even, um, I looked at her page and I was like, oh, she's definitely cute. But I, I wasn't even thinking that far down the line. It truly was, hey, your name came up in a conversation and I just it might it makes sense for us to connect. It makes no sense to not connect yeah. now that I now I that I know that our worlds are this proximate. So now I reached out and we talked online. Fun fact: I would I was very responsive. On Jessica, the <laughs> messenger, or I mean, in general, in life, I'm a more responsive person in general. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Jessica, and she lived in a one to two day delay. She just left Listen, you hanging a little bit. A lot of it. I don't think, I don't actually think it was ever close to one to two days. I think perhaps Jordan was used to a certain level of attention from uh, ladies. Okay. And okay. I didn't okay. deliver that in the way that he was expecting it to come. And so that was a little challenging, yeah. but my affections were real. And so, right. So, we were t- chatting back and forth. We had a lot in common. We realized all the similarities we had. We were talking about Jerron and Danielle all on Facebook Messenger. Again, he's living in New York and I'm in D.C. So he tells me, oh, hey, I've got a lot of friends still in the area and I'm going to be in town anyway. We should get up for coffee or something. I know I'm relatively an Internet stranger, but there's people we know who can vouch for me. And I say, yeah, that sounds cool. And meanwhile. Jordan had no plans of being in DC. He's like, I love that. So would you, if she would have said no, would you have gone to DC? No, no, not no. even, not, not even close. I hadn't, I, I didn't it. know where I was staying until I was on a New Jersey turnpike. I like it so much. Way. And I just texted some of my friends like, yo, I'll just crash on your couch or on your floor. <laughs> and one of my boys, you know, graciously opened up his couch. Yeah. It was a, it was great. Yeah. And so we met up in D.C. and uh, sat and talked for like five hours, I think, the first night, just talking about our stories, talking about what it had been like processing our losses. You know, for me, three years after a sudden loss and Jordan about a year and a half after uh, a gradual loss, you know, fighting cancer and uh, I think we cried together at listening to each other's stories that first night and hung out again the next night and hung out for another six hours and pretty I gotta much- slow her down because we- Oh it, boy, here we it, go. We hung out the next night because again, Annie, shoot or shoot. So I, I, right. I sent a message saying, hey, I would like to hang out again. Met with another delay. Like, <laughs> Wait, are y'all meeting up but still talking on Facebook? 
No, no, no. At this we, point, we have okay. a strange number. I was about to be like, I, know. I we have, at least have phone numbers. Yes. 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 Right. Okay, so yes. you yes. said let's numbers. meet up again, and she was still slow to respond. Still. With, I mean, with, she keeps her phone in her hand, Annie. I don't know what she was doing. Jessica's got a playbook, and I respect I'm it. Saying. She's got a playbook, okay. and I respect it. <laughs> and by, Well, to be quite honest, I... I think Jordan and I are the kind of people who love people and we love a good conversation. Mm -hmm. And so I was at a point where I was just really trying to assess, did we just have a great conversation because we like talking to each other? Or do I really like this guy? Because I don't want to say yes if I don't really like this guy. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately I said yes (laughs) and we hung out and it was just a really crazy time of talking, Jordan was not talking about anything really consequential, but there was this moment in us talking on that second night where I'm looking at him and I'm like, what is happening? It's kind of like the world is slowing down and I'm thinking, I really like this man and I have no idea exactly why, but it was just, it was kind of over. It was kind of over. I mean, I woke up the next day and I was like, my life is about to get turned upside down. I kind of knew I was going to move from D.C. to New York, and I just knew it was it. It was just I had never experienced anything like that before. So I was definitely like, thank you, God, if for nothing else, for just wowing me in this moment that I could feel this way about someone again, because I didn't yeah. think it was possible. Does it feel different than Jerron? That's a great question. I think that I had really struggled after Jerron, you know, trying to think about, well, what will it feel like? I can't necessarily expect it to feel the same. And I was so blessed to experience love like I did with him. And were y'all like Uh, college sweethearts? We weren't. We met right after I graduated from college, actually working in different departments of the same company. And so we had been together for a few years before actually getting married, you know, for for what I believed, we were just perfect for each other. You know, it was that kind of situation where I just felt like the world was our oyster and the whole future was ahead of us. And so it was really hard to just imagine what could this look like. And I think I I knew that I eventually would have loved to have had a family. So I kind of warmed up to the idea that maybe I'll get married again, but I don't know that I'll ever feel that way about someone again. But then I did come to a place of, well, you know, it was really special and aren't I putting limits on what God can do in my life? Like maybe it is this gift that I know what it's supposed to feel like. And so God, if you want me to feel it again, I know you can do it. And if you don't want me to feel it again, I'll be grateful that I had the opportunity to feel it one time. And so I think that knowing what it felt like with Jerron actually helped me know it was the real deal when I did meet Jordan. Um, So yeah, I think that it did kind of feel the same in terms of just having this awe about this person and uh, feeling this deep connection. Like we can really, we can do this life thing together. Just feeling that in a deep way. Hey friends, just taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Raycon. Raycon, which was co-founded by Ray J, provides innovative compact earbud designs at prices that don't break the bank. Inspired by underdogs and big dreams, Raycon wants to make sure all of you go-getters have the next wave in wireless audio technology right in your very own ears. 
I use my Raycon every day, E25, well, every day, <laughs> for hands-free phone calls so I can stay in touch with my people to listen to podcasts, especially when I'm listening to That Sounds Fun episodes before they come out so that my coworkers don't have to hear them multiple times. I mean, they already get to hear my voice a pretty fair amount. They sound so good and are really comfortable. They have different fit options included in every package, so you can switch out the little silicone earpieces to make sure you get the perfect fit. Besides that, they come in a range of fun colors and patterns. Mine are rose gold. I think my favorite thing about my Raycon earbuds is how long the battery lasts, y'all. There's like six hours of listening time between charges, giving you plenty of time to take a break from the screens, but still get in some great music, podcast listening, or audiobook binging while you're out on a walk or cooking dinner. Plus, they're water and sweat resistant, and they pair super easily with any of your devices. Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for my friends. So go to buyraycon.com slash that sounds fun to get 15% off your entire Raycon order. Again, that's buyraycon, B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash that sounds fun to get 15% off your entire Raycon order. Raycon earbuds start at about half the price, but sound just as amazing as other premium wireless earbud brands. And now back to our conversation with Jordan and Jessica. Jordan, answer similarly about Danielle. I mean, you know, first love, first wife, and you walk with her through such tragedy What versus yeah. Jessica, who was, as you said, it was like a sudden tragedy. I mean, I guess, Jordan, my question is, did you think you could ever do it again? Did you, did you think you would be willing to fall in love again? That's a really good question. I mean, for Danielle, the interesting thing is I was telling some some young guys I was I've been discipling, like my greatest moments of intimacy with Danielle really had nothing to do with physical sex or anything like that uh-huh. because she was going through some pretty intense chemo and her body was very weak, recovering from surgeries. So really I had we had built amazing intimacy that wasn't physical. And in a lot of ways, that's like we went through we went through everything we went through through the fire together so i i certainly had a lot of questions whether or not i would able i would ever be able to develop a bond with anybody like that it wasn't as much of um do i want to do it because i think like just i wanted to have a family and i kind of just figured well i'll i'll probably get married but i won't be excited about it mm. so i think for me the biggest shock in meeting jessica was like the butterflies, like, whoa, like to feel butterflies, to stay up on the phone till three o'clock in the morning and be miserable the next day at work and saying <laughs> like, there's, there's no way I'm doing that again because, Annie, I'm a, so I'm, I was in the pastor's prayer meeting. I was knocked out. <laughs> I was like legit knocked out. We were all in prayer. Had, we, they say, put your heads down in prayer. It was, it was my turn. Snoring. And I, no, no, I, I woke myself up at the end, like snoring. <laughs> And then I like got up and tried to be super holy and uh-huh. like, just like, like I was, you know, I, I had to pray for y'all because listen. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's how bad it was. I was just so tired. I was doing a terrible job at work. And it was like, because my I was just wowed and I didn't think that that was possible again. So I, I think I thought that it wasn't possible. And then I was very gladly just very wrong about yeah. that. 
Y'all have a video on YouTube kind of telling your story. I think it, you put it out right after your wedding, I think, based on yeah. the stalking I did of dates. And and in the video, which we'll link to it so people can go watch it because it's really beautiful. In the video, you talk about, uh, Jessica, you say uh, Ephesians 3.20, that this is more than you could have asked or imagined. And so I'd love for both of you, I don't care who goes first, but I'd love for both of you to kind of tell me what do you know about God today that you didn't know summer of 2009? Like, what do you know now? Because that was the thing that blew my mind about your story is this is not a long story. (laughs) I mean, you were married to your first spouses a little more than a decade ago. That is not a long time ago. And, And so tell me what you know about God now after loss and after meeting each other that you didn't know before. Ooh. Oh man, so much, Annie. So, so much that I know now. I mean, because I had been a Christian since the age of 12 and, you know, had been pretty um, devoted in my relationship to Jesus and loved God. Uh, but the experience of losing Jerron just turned so much on its head. I think that one of the biggest things is that the story isn't over. That's like one of the things that I hang on to um, because in that moment, it felt like my whole future had kind of come crashing down. Uh, And if I could go back and talk to Jessica in that moment, I would say it looks over, but it's not over. Um, And it's not even necessarily that that you know you're going to get married again specifically or whatever or find love again it's it's not even that it looks it's going to look a certain way or be restored in the same kind of way but just that god is writing your story and it may feel over but it certainly is not over if you have breath in your lungs the story is going to continue and god can do really meaningful and beautiful things um, even in this moment where it feels like you can't see, you know, through the weeds, through the woods, uh, that the story is just not over. Um, so, yeah, that's one thing for sure that has stood out to me um, and has I've carried with me as other trials have come, as other losses I've experienced or just other disappointments in life that it might feel like there's nothing that can be redeemed in this situation, um, but it's not over. That's, That's real. I would say as much as I hate this to be the, the reality of life and life with Jesus and life and faith is that God's power really is perfected in weakness. Mm. Like it's not just, it's not just available to you in weakness. It's not just good to have in weakness. It's perfected in your weakness. And as much as I personally, I'll personalize it as much as I would crave to, to be anything but weak god's power is just made perfect in weakness mm. i mean it's actually in my moments of human strength quote-unquote strength i mean god's power and i'm not even talking about some you know super deep mystical power that zips you from the outside but just god's sustaining real imaginative creative power is made perfect in our weaknesses and if you'll allow God the space to breathe into, to, to walk with you in those moments of weakness, then I think we, we'd all be surprised, not in the moment, but to look back and to say, God, you, you really were with me 
And not just that you were with me, but you were actually doing something powerful mm. through my weakness, specifically because I was weak. Yeah, I don't want that to be true, though. I don't like that. No, definitely <laughs> not at all. It, it just doesn't feel as not good. At all. You just want you want your best days to be your best days. <laughs> yep. That just keeps not being how For it sure. works. It's true. I think another thing, too, that I learned was in my pain, I felt really alone and particularly as a young widowed person. So there just aren't a lot of 26-year-old widowed people right. <laughs> walking right. around that I could talk to in the midst of that. And it just felt so very isolating to be in that situation. And I can imagine for all of the different kinds of pain that we can experience in life, I think one of the most common lies of the enemy is you are alone. Mm. And it makes the pain that we're experiencing just feel so exacerbated and so much worse. Um, and I think that while I didn't necessarily find a ton of people who were in their 20s and widowed, I did find people who were there with me. And I think I had to that. Like it, they weren't necessarily going to know exactly what I felt, but it didn't mean that I was alone. There were still people who cared for me, who, who wanted to, you know, pray for me, who were just walking alongside me. And so that's another really huge thing is that for as much as pain can make us feel isolated and alone to truly remember that that's a lie, that there's, there are people who are around us that God places in our lives to care for us. And we have to cling to that. And he himself is, you know, has promised to never leave us as well. So that's been huge for me as well. Jordan, when you think about the people who are listening, I'm just, some groups are coming to my mind. Uh, people who are, whose divorce just finalized in the last year, yep. people who are widowed and are widowers, widows and widowers yep. who <laughs> have been single a long time now. And that's not what they want. People who've never, I'm 40. I've never been married and would still like yep. to get married. How, what do we say to these people in these groups that are saying like, I mean, I'm glad it worked for y'all comma, but <laughs> right. Like yeah. what's, what's the hope yeah. when, before we have the Jessica and Jordan story. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, me and Jess love to tell the part of the story of we had both come to individual points of rediscovering. I would say I rediscovered faith for me in the in, in certainly rediscovering joy, determination to live, to dream again well before we met each other. So I was I, I, again, me meeting Jess. I'll take it. That's a cherry on top. But Jessica didn't save me. Jessica didn't bring me back to believe in God wow. was good. I believed that God was good before I even knew who she was. I had just left my job. I was an attorney. I just left my job to start a church planting journey by myself, just trusting that God was going to provide. Um, so I really did come to a point of believing in God fully before I met Jessica. She's great, but she didn't save me. Mm. Um, what, what I would say, though, is, you know, Annie, I think, I think we misunderstand how much God understands our pain. Oh, say that. So Jesus was well acquainted with grief and sorrow. <laughs> and the beauty of the incarnation that God came and dwelled among us means that God truly understands all of our pain. Mm -hmm. Like God, does, God does, is not just the creator who sits far and distant and barks out commands of trust uh, to trust him, but God knows what it feels like to be so disappointed. So in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was praying and and beads of sweat coming out of his forehead. He was saying, Father, if it's possible for this cup to pass pass over me, I don't want it. I know what your will is for my life, and I don't want that. Yeah. 
if there's any way that this doesn't have to happen, let that be, let that be the path. And then the famous words of "Nevertheless, not your will, but mine." Uh, Nevertheless, not not my not my will, but your will be done. And in that moment, and a lot of pa- pastors don't preach about Jesus saying, "God, I don't, God the Father, I don't want this," mm-hmm. because it, it creates a trinitarian nightmare for theologians to have to explain. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's real. You know, Annie, I, one of my favorite books uh, that me and Jessica read together was called When Breath Becomes Air. It was written um, by this one doctor who, uh, it's an unfinished memoir about a doctor who actually was a brain surgeon who ended up getting cancer and dying. And his wife actually uh, posthumously finishes a book. But in the book, he talks about what it felt like to walk into a room that he had been in a hundred times as a doctor but this time he wasn't the doctor. He was the recovering patient. Mm. See, medical school can teach you how to make an incision, but they can't teach you what it feels like to be cut. Wow. And this doctor now was on the other side of the curtain. Now he heard the nurses and the doctors talking about his case in the hallway. Now he knew all of these things, um, what it feels like to truly be a patient. And that's the, that's what the incarnation is telling us. God is not just a father who can create all things, but he's also the one who has borne our sickness. He knows what it feels like to be in pain. He knows what it feels like to be mocked. That feeling of embarrassment that people have that they're maybe not married and what is that? What do people think about me? He knows what it feels like to be mocked. Mm-hmm. He's not just a doctor, he's also a patient. That's wow. what the incarnation tells us, that he can truly feel and empathize with all of our pains. This is why it says in Hebrews 5, we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was at all points touched and, and tempted and yet remained without sin. So, man, God just, he understands what it feels like to have people turn, turn it back on them, mm-hmm. on, on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what the incar- that's the beauty of the incarnation of a God who truly has felt it. He knows what it felt yeah. like to be naked on the cross, to be yeah. embarrassed. Jessica, I think about, I mean, what, what Jordan is saying resonates deeply with me. And I think mm-hmm. back to, I mean, the, the, the math of y'all's lives is that your husband... Jerron passed away before Jordan married his first wife. Yes. Right. And so you had, if you had just looked at the stats, you would have gone, well, that's not going to be who I marry because he's not, he's engaged. And, and so you had some years of having to do what Jordan just said of, you had to choose to believe what is not easy to believe. Yes. So will you talk a little bit about that? I just think, man, it's, it. yes, we talk about that because we cannot see the story God is writing in the middle of it. Right, right. I think that a big part of it was certainly being okay with the sadness and the rawness of what I was feeling. I mean, the honest emotions of it and that that blog that I talked about was that for me. And I think it was so healing for me to not feel like at the end of each entry, I have to finish it with, well, you know, scripture says, <laughs> right. Or, let me tie this up. <laughs> yes. Right. Let me put the pretty little bow on it, but like, no, let me just talk about how I went to the dry cleaners. They asked me how my husband was because they loved him. And I had yeah. to say he died and right. I cried in the car on the way home. And that's just the end of the post. That's just where we are right now. And so I think being honest in the emotions, I think God welcomes it. And even if the people around you might not be so comfortable with it, you know, forcing their discomfort a little bit and being honest about where you are is what you need to do for yourself. Um, I think, though, slowly over time for me, it looked like this journey of 
grieving my losses and, but then also kind of transitioning or pivoting to a place of gratitude for what I did experience. So I think so many times we can be caught up in what is lacking and what isn't what we want it to be and isn't where we want it to be. Um, And it, it just completely distracts from all the things that we actually can be grateful for. And so I think this is one of the first conversations that even Jordan and I had that night we met in person for the first time, which is like getting to this place of recognizing all the grace that you've received and all the different forms of that grace in your life, even though things don't look exactly how you thought they were going to to turn out, that you have amazing people in your life, um, maybe not romantic, but, you know, a family that supports you or friends that you can laugh with or your health and your body that takes you places to do different things. No financial strain to worry about in the midst of your grief, like all the different things and gifts that uh, I felt I had in my hands. I just, I just really felt like I was going to be grateful for those things. And I felt that more and more over time. It wasn't immediate. It was a process. Um, but doing that, I mean, really just brought me to this place of being able to feel like Jesus could be enough for me mm-hmm. because I could see like with Jesus came so many graces that I had maybe not been able to see at first, but was really able to hold on to uh, after a few years. So it's funny when Jordan emailed me that first time when he shot his shot, I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, you know, this guy, he's been widowed for about 18 months. I'm about 36 months down the road. I can give him some pointers and like make sure he's okay and like walk alongside him. Um, It turned out to be much more. But but yeah, I think that it looked like I think I said to you, Jordan, in that first message, you know, it's not really something that you get over a loss like that. Uh, but it's something that you learn to live with. You know, if you lost a limb, you know, you're never going to get that limb back, but you learn how to navigate the world in a new way and say, but these are the things I can do. And I'm going to try to do those things that I can do as best as I can. I appreciate you saying that about how you told your story. We're a big bow free zone here. We don't put bows on things. It just didn't the way of the gospel. Right? Like, it just in the way of the gospel that everything solves up well and everything sews up perfectly. So, no bows here. So, I appreciate that. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Indeed. Here at Downs Books and That Sounds Fun Network, I am continually blown away by what our incredible team accomplishes. As a small business owner, you just cannot underestimate the importance of making the best hires possible. And Indeed will help you do just that. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates with Indeed Instant Match. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates really fast. That means you're freed up to do like your part, the meeting and the hiring of great people and great people fast. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality shortlist faster. With Indeed, there are no long-term contracts and you can pause your account at any time and you only pay for what you need. And with Instant Match, you see a list of great candidates right away and Indeed delivers four times the amount of hires of all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Do you want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, our friends get a $75 credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash sounds fun. 
This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. So get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Offer is valid through March 31st and terms and conditions apply. And now back to finish our conversation with Jordan and Jessica. Jordan, y'all have two sons, Josiah and Jameson, correct? Yep. I'm such all a good James. stalker. It's so creepy, but I've <laughs> learned everything. I mean, it was all on the internet, by the way. I didn't like pay for anything. There's no private <laughs> investigator involved. Um, uh, Jordan, what will you tell Jameson and Josiah about Danielle and Jerron? That's a really good thing. I mean, that's a great question. We just told Jameson, who's five, about that mommy and daddy used to be married. And he was like, what? And we were like, we were married and our you know spouses died. And that kind of freaked them out a little bit, but not a lot that they died. And he kind of didn't believe us. I don't know. I, I guess I'm, 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 I'm probably most protective about Danielle's story and how I, how I would describe her to other people. Because on one end, I definitely don't want to pretend like she was, you know, Jesus Junior. Like she was perfect, or you know, she walked on water or anything like that. Um, but I also don't. <laughs> I don't know how I would describe her outside of her being someone who's a deeply influential friend to me that shaped mm-hmm. the way I see the world and has shaped the way I see, see life. Really her resiliency in enduring the worst possible thing for her is the reason I, is one of the main reasons I'm a pastor right now. Like I don't, I, I, I learned resilience from her. And I think if in telling Jameson about, Jameson and Josiah about her, it would be about a hero. She she's in my Hebrews eleven. That when you when you when you read through your role of Hebrews eleven, I, you know I'm, I'm putting Danielle in there for me. That when she endured the words, her body retaliating against her, she trusted in God, and I think that's probably what I would what I would leave. She wasn't a great cook. Um, I did most of the cooking in the house. Um, <laughs> you know we uh, we argued about a lot of stuff, but. Uh, that's probably what I would leave with people, with my kids or uh, anyone else, really. Yeah. Jessica, what about you? Mm-hmm. What do you want your boys mm-hmm. to know about John? What would that be like? Man, I think similar that Jerron was just so uh, influential in shaping me. And in fact, when Jordan and I got married, we had both Danielle and Jerron's family there at the wedding with us. And we wow, had just a special you? section to say... Mm-hmm. to say like we would not be the people who the other person fell in love with if not for Jerron and Danielle and so it really means a, a lot that people know how much we love them love their families and you know the cool thing is for Jameson and Josiah they have these bonus grandparents wow. and bonus aunts and and people who they you know call grandma and grandpa um, from Jerron and Danielle and I think J- Jameson the five year old is just starting to be like wait how many grandmothers do I have I've got like- <laughs> he's like my math is not working out yeah, I've got like this overabundance but it's really it's really special so we finally got to break that down for him and telling him the story yeah. um, and. For him, it's just, it's great. It's more people to love him. And um, we feel really blessed to just have them as part of our lives still to this day. That's, that is amazing. That is really amazing. And now y'all are in New York. Do you actually live in Harlem where the church is, where Renaissance Church is? 
Oh, yeah, we live walking distance. Okay. Tell me about Renaissance Church. Man, I guess, I mean, now these days we're all virtual, uh, zooming our lives away. But um, uh, Renaissance, you know, when we first started, it was a dream that I was like, this this would be amazing if it happened. I was was at a bar near our our apartment. Did you grow up there? I grew up in Westchester, so about 25 minutes outside. Okay. And I was at this bar and all these people, all this, you know, all these people watching the Knicks lose together. <laughs> but it was everybody. It was new people from the, it was new people who just moved in. It was hood people from the neighborhood. It was like this beautiful mix of everybody. And I was like, man, what, how amazing would it be instead of crying about the Knicks being terrible, everybody was crying about the love of Jesus together wow. uh, in, a, in, in a worship assembly. And I was sitting literally at the bar, like with tears in my eyes. And I think the bartender was like, this guy had too many. I got chicken wings and water right now, bro. <laughs> but I, that was the vision for what it was, what Renaissance would become. So started with a very small group of 12, 13 people in my apartment. And um, man, we just watched it grow like crazy. And uh, that reality has just, it's just blown my mind in terms of what it is. I think what we specialize in is people who gave up on faith and church. And then somehow they get invited by one of their friends and they come in and and their first reaction is this wasn't actually that bad. Mm. And then six months later, they're like all in. Yeah. Then, then, and they're inviting their friends. So that's how, that's what I I would say about it. What what would you say, Jess? Uh, Well, Renaissance is special too, because I mean, when it comes to our story, we got married, say, on the Saturday, and I moved to Harlem from D.C. on the Monday. And we were in the throes of then trying to gather a launch team for this church. So our relationship and the growth of the church really kind of have gone side by side. And so it's been cool for us to figure out what the heck are we doing? We didn't have a sending church or anything. It truly was. Let's start a small group in our apartment and see what happens and grow that and then start another one and then launch a service in a public school. And uh, to see it grow has been tremendous. And the people who belong to the church, like Jordan said, are just really unique and special people. I, I love I think this is an outpouring of our stories. I love that people sit in the tension within our church, which I think is great also for a church in New York City, where this is just a city of so many different harsh realities. And so if you're going to bring your mind to your faith, you have to be able to reconcile, like it might not all be tied up with a bow. And I have to sit in the tension of that. And what does it look like to worship with people of all kinds of different ethnicities and backgrounds and uh, some of the tension that comes out of that. It's just been amazing to see what God has grown, not because we are stellar, uh, but have just tried to be faithful and, and see where God takes us. So it's been a fun ride, I can honestly say. I mean, Jessica, talk for just a second about, if, if I'm understanding the story correctly, Jordan, you were you really felt like I'm supposed to plant this church. Here we go. Yeah. And then Jessica, you have a whole other life in DC. And then all of a sudden now you're living in Harlem, planting a church. Like, what is it like? (laughs) This is, I mean, because I think about this with my life that when I get married, what God's vision for my life is and his life are going to come together. How has, how has God's vision for your life lined up with Jordan's? 
Oh, yeah, it's a, a great question. I mean, it's so true that I was working in corporate arenas doing communications and PR and freelancing at the time when I met Jordan. And so a lot of people were asking me, well, how do you feel about uh, becoming a pastor's wife? Or or there were pastor's wives who said, when I was younger, I always said I'd never become a pastor's wife. And I had to tell them, well, becoming a pastor's wife was not even something that I could deny or shoot down as a vision <laughs> for my life. It was nowhere on my radar. That right, was not right. Something I was thinking about. Um, so I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So, you know, I thankfully did find Jesus or Jesus found me, but uh, it just wasn't something on my radar. And so for Jordan to kind of share his vision for what he imagined, uh, I was grateful that I immediately understood what he was trying to do, like what he was trying to do of peeling away a lot of the things that get in people's way of getting to Jesus and getting to the gospel. I was like, I love it. And I guess perhaps in my marketing brain, I was like, in simple terms, there's, there's <laughs> you're like, demand. I can do this. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, there's demand and you've got the supply and this yeah. is going to be amazing. I can sell this, uh, Jesus. I can do this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know, girl. It's going to be amazing. And so uh, when he probably doubted, I was like, this is, this is going to be great. This is going to be amazing. And so it's been wonderful how all of my professional skills have been able to come into play because Jordan is a visionary and he comes up with all these ideas and I say, okay, hold on, slow down, slow down. What's the strategy and what are we really trying to accomplish? And this is the way that we can say it, that people will actually understand you and hopefully see like, oh yeah, I need to get on board with this. And so I'm delighted with how God has taken all of my skills and allowed me to be able to use them uh, at Renaissance, our church, because it means that we get to work together, which we like each other a lot. And that's yeah. a ton of fun. Today we um, like each other. <laughs> it's because you're in she different rooms. <laughs> when we yeah. tell our story and how God has brought us together, Jordan always says like, oh, you bought me like three days of good, <laughs> good vibes. Yeah. She remembers um, that she loves me and why. It's right. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, uh, right. For those of us who aren't in New York right now, can yeah. you tell us what's 2021? I mean, I, I we saw in the news about 2020 in New York and yeah. and the way the city was just hammered. Yes. And and then we talked to John Tyson, who says he's committed to New York because Jesus is coming with revival in the city. And there's something to this and what God could be up to up there. So from your point of view, Tell me what what is God doing in New York City? Well, first off, Tyson is the man, so whatever he says, I agree with. <laughs> Agreed. Um, Piggyback. <laughs> I'll say it without the. I don't have the Australian accent to uh, to say as, <laughs> as he would. Uh, but honestly, once New York gets a glimmer of safety, yeah, New York is going to be, in every sense, a revival happening in the arts, not just, and yeah. then even to think about. God's presence, not just being in a Sunday worship service, but to be a revival of culture flourishing yes, yes. and, uh, and, uh, and the, certainly the gospel. So I am very excited for this summer. Uh, one of the things I've actually been doing now is intentional rest now, because I right. know <laughs> when spring and summer hit, I, I honestly feel like we're going to be in for a pace of life, an explosion of all things that we're just, we haven't even that I've never seen yet in New York. So we're, I'm waiting in, in anticipation. Yeah. 
trying to take naps here and there to get ready. Bank up that rest (laughs) so you can cut cut those checks later. Yeah, seriously. I know that's right. Jessica, what are you seeing? Yeah, I think it's true that uh, there's a lot of people who have a renewed commitment to the city, particularly if you were like us and you were here in the worst of it. Uh, I mean, a lot of people left the city and I understand that. But for those people who stayed and they stuck it out and they hunkered down, I think those people are more committed here than ever before. And so what those people will pour into their communities, I think is going to be amazing. And I'm looking forward to a flourishing, you know, I think that some people who are like, oh, no, New York is a ghost town. It's not. It's different. But um, and there's been a lot of loss and there's a lot of things to recover. But I, I have no doubt that once again, the story is not over and we will see great things in the future. So we're excited and happy as ever to be here. I feel like y'all's story is such a story of flourishing, like just over and over in you did not stop believing that there was flourishing on the other side of this. Yeah. And that, that is such something to be learned from being friends with y'all. Yeah. It is amazing. Okay. If we want to keep up with Renaissance church and what you're doing, Jordan, can we, are you podcasting for us? Can we listen to you preach and all those, all the things? Oh yeah. So yeah, we're, I mean, we're on YouTube, Renaissance church, NYC, and on our website and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that, that. We have a lot of people who have tuned in with us. We always try to give a disclaimer to make sure you go to or watch your own church service first, and then if you want to support us on the on the back end, if you have extra energy, then please do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so where YouTube is probably the biggest uh, way that most people find us and get us. That's awesome. Okay, is there anything we didn't talk about that you that we forgot to say? I don't think so. <laughs> You'd be shocked how people go like, well, I did want to mention that, that and you're like, oh my gosh, you should have told me that. <laughs> I know. No, nothing other than once everything is open up, Annie, we gotta have you up top. Oh, listen. You gotta come, you gotta come up to Harlem. Jessica is an Enneagram seven. That's right. She has all of the uh which I know that you are an Enneagram 7 as well, right, Annie? Jessica, New York is not ready for you and me. Listen, I think that I actually first learned about you because of Jonathan Merritt's post about you guys riding on like ah. a horse and carriage and you being an Enneagram 7. And I'm like, she's totally my person. Do you and- know how far we went in that rickshaw? We went from 42nd Street to like 21st Street. It was like $90. And we laughed <laughs> the whole time. That poor man must have burned about 4,000 oh, calories. Yes, yes. <laughs> he was like, where are y'all going? And we're like, you're not going to believe us. 21st, get to going, brother. You got it 20 blocks to take us. And then you still got to turn right and go about eight more. So get ready. That's um, so funny. Oh, Jordan, what are you on the Enneagram? What number do you identify with? I'm an Enneagram three. So I, uh, yeah, that's... Not surprising as a church planter, go, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. That's right. And threes and sevens is my, sometimes males threes can make me nuts, but most of the time I fall in love with them too. So (laughs) both can be true. Hopefully I'm I'm a healthier three than uh, the ones that drive you crazy. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Healthy anybody, any number that's healthy, we can be around. Um, I mean, the, the secret is I almost moved to New York about all the time. So oh. if I come up and fall in love with Harlem, we're going to have a real situation on our hands oh, with everybody yeah. who works we in my office. <laughs> I'm coming. I, I, yeah, I, I'm coming. I love it up there. I think there's something, 
So, and Jessica, maybe this feels true. Well, maybe for both of y'all, but but when I go to the beach at, to rest, I'm like the loudest thing there. And so there's like no resting because it's just so quiet. Stop being so quiet. But when I come to New York, I become the quietest thing there. <laughs> it's like, whoa, I know. Yes. It's so awe-inspiring here. Oh, I just, yeah, it's I a lot of things. Love it. Um, okay, the last question we always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what y'all are doing for fun. Yes. Jess, you want to go first? Okay. Um, so for fun, I really enjoy cooking. It's, uh, and trying new foods really. Yeah. I mean, food is my thing. Uh, a lot of times Jordan and I try to Sabbath on Fridays, uh, where well we stop all the email, all the work, all the things. And a big thing is for us to try to just find some new food in New York city, uh, might be Brazilian one day, Korean barbecue, Jordan is a big Korean fried chicken fan. So, uh, so yes. yeah. He's so just between, like, preach my yes. wife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so between eating good food or making good food, attempting to make good food, that's a lot of fun for me too. Jessica, I'm telling you, they are not ready for us to spend They're a weekend ready. just eating our way. I don't care what street you pick. Let's start at the top and eat our whole way down. Let's do it. I'm oh, here for it. Wait. Jordan, totally. you, you're very welcome to come with us too, Jordan. Okay, yeah. If I'm in, She'll stick me at home to watch the kids. And, you know, <laughs> you'll have a good time. Jordan, um, what are yeah. you doing for fun? Annie, I am all in on the sneaker game. I used to I, I, I know used to this say from that Instagram. I was, I used to say that I was like a, a you know, a, a former sneakerhead, and now I've just gone back in the game. Given. Yeah, of course. So, uh, you know, nothing like uh, too crazy, but man, I'm having a lot, a lot of fun getting, learning the ins and outs uh -huh. of being a, a real sneakerhead and learning how to get like some really cool sneakers that before I wasn't aware how regular people get these things. So yeah. Cause you so do a lot of the, like you buy these so that you can sell those so you can buy those exactly. so you can trade that. Yeah. Exactly. It's fun to watch when you talk about it it Instagram. I'm yeah. always like, this is another world that I it do is. not live in. It is. It's, it's fun though. Jessica, she, she pretends to care when I talk to her about a new pair that I just got or I'm about to get. <laughs> and, uh, it's true. The, the nice thing is people often compliment me on my sneakers and uh -huh. I just have to tell them, well, I had nothing to do with it. Jordan, like, probably wanted this pair in his size and couldn't get it. That's so very he figured, true, oh, I can find like the women's equivalent yeah, for Jessica. Yeah. So I can live vicariously through her and I get the fruit of that. But yeah, he's, as long as it makes him happy. I mean, <laughs> oh, I love it. That's about it. We have that recorded as long as it makes him yeah, happy. That's right. Anytime you need this back, it's yes, on the show. I'll, I'll play it on a loop. Y'all, thank you so much for making time today and for sharing your story. I, I am so encouraged. I can't imagine how many of our listeners are encouraged. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. You guys, aren't they the coolest? Oh my gosh, what incredible story of hope and God's plan and loss. And gosh, it just... It was amazing. I, I was just blown away after that conversation. I felt so encouraged and felt like they just told us so much of their story that we can walk away with and and real things that we can apply to our own lives. I'm very grateful. Be sure you're following Jordan and Jessica so you can tell them thanks for being on the show today and how much it meant to you. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, T-S-F. Like that sounds fun on YouTube. 
And just a reminder that my new book called That Sounds Fun is available wherever you love to buy books. If you haven't had a chance to get your copy, be sure to check it out. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. Have a great weekend. Happy Valentine's Day. And we'll see you back here on Monday with another amazing couple, Christy and Nathan Knuckles. Y'all have a great weekend.